Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. Glad to have you back for another episode, whether you're listening in the morning, evening, afternoon, welcome, welcome. So today, I've got another Q&A episode coming at you straight from our Jumpstart group chat. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, we just launched Chasing Health's very first 28-day Fit Foundations Jumpstart. Basically, it's a challenge. It's not a challenge that the winner is going to be taking $500 cash home. And so far, everyone is just crushing it. We're just a few days in, but I'm loving the support that we are seeing so far. I love just taking a peek at the group chat all the time. And we have an amazing group chat just amongst the members of the Jumpstart Challenge. And, you know, I jumped in there today and just told them that I was going to be recording a podcast today for the episode going out tomorrow and asked them, what questions can I answer for you on today's show? So they threw some really great questions at me, and I'm going to run through those now. So number one was from Jana. She asked, why when you are eating the correct amount of calories and protein and exercising, does the scale go all over the place, even when your body is changing positively? Which I love this question. And this is something that, you know, I've been really trying to work with some clients with recently is like taking that focus off the scale. Now, guys, don't get me wrong. I know like you join like these programs and these challenges and such to lose weight, right? So like when we think about weight loss, we think about, all right, the scale should be going down. Like that's our main focus. But let's take our, let's shift our focus away from that for just a little bit, you know? And, you know, don't tie your emotions to the scale as much as you may be doing right now. And it's super easy, guys. Like I totally get it. We are, you know, a lot of us have grown up, you know, being like dictated by what that scale and the number says that, you know, dictates our worth and who we are as a person and how we show up every day. I mean, you wake up in the morning and you jump on the scale and it's like, if it's up, then you're having a miserable day. You feel like you've just done everything wrong and why bother even trying, right? Or if it goes down, then you feel like you're having, you're on cloud nine every time the scale goes down a little bit. Let's try to detach from that a little bit and just realize that this is just one form of data. And like, you know, sometimes I like to even say like, look at if you could not weigh yourself, how else would you be measuring progress, right? Are your clothes fitting better? Do you have better confidence? Are you noticing changes in the mirror? More energy, better sex drive, able to honor your hunger cues easier, lifting heavier in the gym. There are so many other ways to measure progress other than that number on the scale, you know, and because it's, it's right. I mean, like there are gonna be times guys when you will be doing everything right. I mean, your nutrition is just on point. You've hit all your macronutrients, your calorie goals. You've gone to the gym, you're meditating, you're journaling, you're doing all the mindset work. Like you are doing everything you possibly could right, but the scale is going to jump up. And then there's also going to be days to prove the point of we can't dictate what the scale is going to do. There will be days, guys, when you will like go out and have a great time at a party or whatever, eat, you know, eat a big old slice of birthday cake, have some few drinks and have a great time and, you know, don't exercise and all this. And you come home and then the next morning, the scale goes down and you're like, WTF, <laughs> why is it that when I've done everything right, it goes up and when I screw up, quote unquote, it goes down. So let's talk about, you know, the second part of the question, I want to talk about more about like, why would the scale go up that is not related to 
fat gain, right? Versus sodium. So for those of you all, I'll give you a quick like two second science lesson. And you know, it's funny, this is something that my, one of my, I think like my anatomy physiology teachers told me a long, long time ago and it just stuck with me the way they said it. Water follows salt, salt follows water. I'll say that again, water follows salt and salt follows water. So when you have more salt in your system, more water stays in your system. When you pee out a lot of water, you're peeing out a lot of salt. They follow each other. They go hand in hand. So if you're having a really salty day, <laughs> food-wise, I should say, and then you are going to notice more water retention. So if you're drinking, excuse me, if you're having a lot of sodium, then just drink some more water. That way it flushes it out of your system. But realize that that could cause you to retain some water. I mean, we've all probably been there or seen sometimes when you feel like you're, you ate a lot of sodium and you feel kind of feel kind of puffy. Maybe your ankle's a little bit puffy. Maybe your finger's a little bit puffy because you've had a lot of salt in your system, right? Next is carbs. No carbs don't make you fat. <laughs> I'll say that right away. But carbs are stored as glycogen in the body. For every gram of glycogen, you will also store three to four grams of water. So if you have a heavier carb day, like let's just say you normally eat, and I'm just throwing out random numbers here, so don't take these numbers to heart, but let's say you normally eat around 200 grams of carbs per day. Well, let's say you have a 300 gram carb day. You could notice a little more water retention, not fat, water retention. Maybe you need to poop or pee. Did you have a late meal and then you got up really early? Maybe that food's still digesting through your system. It's still working its way through. You know, this is why we suggest weighing after you go to the bathroom and before you eat or drink anything. It's it's no difference, guys. Like I always like use the analogy, especially like when people are like reversing up to maintenance and they start eating more. I say this is literally just more food inside of your body. Go stay on the scale and let me hand you two apples. The scale's gonna go up. Is it body fat? No, it's a, you're holding apples. You're holding more weight. Well, what's the difference between you holding the weight versus the weight? being in your stomach, right? Again, not fat. You're just having more food inside your body. Maybe you're stressed out or you worked out extra hard. Your body's been a little more inflamed, which is going to cause you to hold on to a little more water weight. Maybe it's that time of the month. Ladies, due to hormone fluctuations, you may experience an increase in water retention the week before in the first couple of days of your period. That's completely normal and it will fluctuate back down to normal. Next is alcohol. You may notice a drop the very next morning if you got drinking, the next morning to go down, but then it'll start to increase over the next few days. You know, and alcohol could be a whole podcast on itself, but like, just realize guys, when you drink alcohol, in which it can definitely be worked into your plan without a doubt, but you have to realize guys, when you're drinking alcohol, your body sees it as a toxin and it is automatically going to take its focus off of fat loss right now and put all of its functions and focus towards removing the toxin from your body. And then lastly, is some medications may cause weight fluctuations. Some medications may cause you to hold on to water. Some, you know, you have like diuretics and things out there that cause you to lose water weight. So guys, all that to say, your weight is going to fluctuate no matter what you do. Like I, I, there, no one can say that the scale, you know, if they lose a hundred pounds, they're not going to look at the graph and you're going to see a straight down line. That's just not how it works. It's going to be a ton of up and downs day to day. But when you take a big step back and look at the, you know, week to week and month to month, that is the trend line you should be looking at. Or maybe you're not looking at it at all. Like guys, it's okay not to weigh. If you're if your relationship with the scale is not in a good place right now, it's okay not to weigh. I know like, you know, there's there's a lot of like controversy about like, oh, you should be able to weigh all the time or oh, maybe you know, you shouldn't be weighing yourself or you know, it, 
it, guys, like, do what's best for you. Maybe that's not weighing right now. Granted, I mean, that's how that's one way we measure progress. But again, begin in the exact wording, there is that is only one way to measure progress. And if that is the one thing that continuously throws you off track and causes you to self-sabotage every time, maybe we take a break from Wayne. That's totally fine. Look at other areas of improvement. And also remember, guys, it takes 3,500 calories above your maintenance to gain one pound of fat. So, you know, the average-ish person, 2,000 calories at maintenance, you know, it can be much higher for others, could be a little bit lower for others, but again, throwing random numbers out here. Let's say a normal person eats 2,000 calories at maintenance. Guys, that would take 5,500 calories to put on one pound of fat. So when the scale goes up two or three pounds in, a, in one day, ask yourself, did I eat 15 to 20,000 calories a day before? No. So that's not fat gain, all right? The more consistent you are with your nutrition and exercise, though, the more consistent you will see the scale change. Meaning, like, it's, it's, if, if you're very inconsistent with your nutrition and exercise, yes, you may see bigger fluctuations and goes up higher or lower. But the more consistent you are, the less fluctuations you will see, but you're still going to see fluctuations. All right, next, Don asked, Are there any tools to aid in leading a healthier lifestyle that you would recommend? These could be scales, equipment, supplements, apps, etc. Anything you f- feel would make this journey more fun or that's helpful. All right, so let's break down. I'll run through each of these. So as far as scales go, you know, I believe you should have a food scale. Doesn't have anything fancy. I think I ordered mine off of Amazon or got it at Walmart. Whatever's cheap, but you know, something reliable. Don't get like the two dollar one from the dollars or you know a dollar one from the dollar store. Um, or what are they? One twenty five store now. <laughs> um, but don't get the really really cheap ones. I mean, you do want to have something that's reliable. Um, and you want something that's going to weigh in ounces and grams because you're going to be weighing all of your foods in all of your proteins, I should say, in ounces, you know, cooked or raw, pick one, stick with it, and everything else in grams. And then as far as the body weight scale goes, you know, I touched on this on touch on the scale in the last question, so I'm not going to go into a lot of that. But again, you know, some of you may not be able to weigh right now. Maybe you're not in a good headspace for it. Totally fine. So we're not going to weigh about we're not going to worry about that right now. But when you are getting a scale to buy, you know, I prefer digital scale that we have to worry about, you know, trying to like, oh, is that on a, you know, 182 or 183? I mean, not that it's that big of a deal, but like, you know, it's just easier with three digital scales. And don't worry about buying one with all like the body fat measurements and like water weight measurements and skeletal mass and muscle mass and guys, all that's just a bunch of BS. It's not accurate at all. It's just a money gimmick. I mean, a lot of scales nowadays, they just come with that. Like my scale, like it comes with that. I did not buy it for that reason at all. It just came with that already. I don't even look at those numbers. You know, when I first got it, I was just kind of looking at them just to see what, like what they looked like, like what, what it was doing. And you could literally see guys like when the, when the weight, when the body total body weight would go up, every other number would go up the same amount. And then when it would go down, every other number would go down the same amount. Like it, it would pretty much say like I would gain mu- uh, muscle or skeletal mass like overnight. Like it makes no sense, no sense at all. So do not focus on that. Get something that tells you how many pounds you weigh, if that's what you're tracking right now, and stick with that. As far as equipment, I wasn't really sure what we meant by equipment, but a couple of things that just kind of popped in my head. I thought about, you know, what kind of things do I have that I use on a routine basis that helps me stay on track with my goals? And couple things that came to mind, you know, a step tracker of some sort, you know, a Fitbit, I have an Apple watch, you know, just some, some way to measure my steps helps me maintain some sort of consistency there. 
a nice water bottle, you know, it's, it's funny. Like some people say they struggle with water and I'm like, Hey, get, get like a fun water bottle, something that you want to drink out of. I know that sounds so like funny to say, like, how, how can that help me drink more water? But like, I don't know, like, you get a fun water bottle, whether it's like one of the really big ones that helps you encourage you, has a, like a sayings on the side of it and you can see as you drink, maybe it's one you cover in stickers. I mean, I have, you know, a lot of mine have like stickers all over them, which I love just, just something to show my personality and like things I like and I don't know. It's, it's something fun. Just makes me think about it. And, you know, or maybe buy one with a straw. You know, some people say they drink a lot more water when they drink it through a straw. So find a fun water bottle you like. Headphones, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I, when I go to the gym, I'm always listening to music and, you know, I'm always listening to things on my headphones and going for walks and things and, you know, podcasts, audiobooks, whatever it may be. So I encourage a good set of headphones, whether it's the wired ones, wireless, whatever you want. Good pair of shoes for walking. You know, nothing will make you want to walk less than if you have really sucky shoes. And then, you know, another thing that I just kind of thought of was a journal, you know, whether it's just jotting down thoughts or actually, you know, trying to journal some specific, like, you know, brain dumping throughout the day or certain prompts, a journal would be another great idea. Supplements, stick to the basics. Guys, don't buy fat burners. Don't buy like carb blockers, all this other BS stuff that's out there. that are just trying to make your money or, you know, try to like, take your money from you. Save your money. And honestly, even with all the supplements I'm about to list, they're not required for fat loss. I look at supplements as like sprinkles on the cake. If you are eating a cake and the cake sucks, no matter what fancy sprinkles you put on it, the cake is still going to be taste awful, right? It's not going to make it any better. So, but if you do want to get some supplements, stick to the basics, things like fish oil, creatine monohydrate, vitamin D3, multivitamin, protein powder, Maybe a pre-workout, you know, you can buy the stem-free ones or the ones with caffeine. Depends on what you want and what you want to use. But don't waste your money on these feeling like you have to buy these. When it comes to apps, the only two things I could think of was, you know, a tracking apps like MyFitnessPal is what I use or, you know, some people use Chronometer. And I also just kind of jotted down like a music app or something to listen to podcasts on. You know, that's something I really like, again, for the gym or going for my walks. And then Don asked another question. What would you say to someone that feels like they know the things to do to be healthier, but for some reason they just don't do them or they're inconsistent with them? And I see this a ton. So please don't feel like you're alone in this. One of the main reasons I see this is they're trying to do too much at once. And I've talked about this before and and the concept of finding your floor. You know, we think about it like when you're like constantly reaching for the ceiling and it's just out of your reach and you feel like a failure every single day because you can never reach the ceiling. You're shooting for the ceiling every day, but there's no possible way you can reach that ceiling, right? So what can we do to shift our focus to finding the floor? What is the lowest thing you can do, the lowest hanging fruit every single day, no matter what life throws at you, whatever struggles you have, these are these are the two to three things that you can do no matter what. And then over time, as we get more consistent with those things on the floor, we can begin to raise our floor closer to the, you know, maybe what's more optimal towards the ceiling. But right now, find your floor. Don't focus on doing a thousand things at once. Choose two to three things and focus on that. That's just like with the Jumpstart Challenge. You know, we talked about setting your three pillars that you're going to focus on every single day. These are the pillars to your foundation that are going to hold things up when times get tough, right? Also, do you need a stronger why? That's one of the most important things I can stress right now, guys, is if you are starting your journey and you're having a hard time sticking with things, why do you want this? Don't just tell me you want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? 
Well, I want to look better. Why do you want to look better? Keep asking why. Dig really, really deep into that why. And I know many of you guys shared in our private Facebook community yesterday your your why. And I, and I loved that. And it was so invigorating reading everyone's why. And guys, you really have to think deep into your why. Because if not, when the days get tough, it's going to be so easy just to give up. Because you're not going to care. If you just want to lose weight because you want to look better, well, guess what? On the days when things get tough and everything is thrown your way, just that thought of wanting to look better isn't going to keep you on track. Maybe it will, but for most people, it's not going to. What is the stronger reason why you want this? You know, a lot of people brought up like their kids. They want to be a good role model. They want to be there for their kids. So on the really hard days when you don't want to go to the gym, the days you don't want to work out, the days you don't want to eat better, maybe that's the reason why you do because you think about being that role model for your kids or you think about being able to be here on this earth for your kids longer, right? Have a very strong why to get you through those hard days. And the last part I would add to that is do you need external accountability right now? You know, ideally, yes, we would love to have that internal accountability and we all get that at some point. But right now, you may need some more external accountability to help you maintain consistency. Someone to keep on you, you know, not in a bad way, but someone to, you know, help guide you and help make some better decisions and think about things differently and challenge your thoughts and beliefs and get you to thinking more. So sometimes we just need that external accountability through a, a coach or men, a mentor, or a trainer, you know, a good friend, coworker, someone that's going to hold you accountable towards your goals. And then lastly, Jess brought up a great question. How long should a person be in maintenance calories versus a deficit or a bulk? All right. So this is another one of the questions. It really does depends. You know, it, it, it depends on like who you are, what your goals are, how long have you been dieting, you know, how, you know, what's your age, your weight, you know, there's so much more that goes into this question. But as a general basis, I like to say for a calorie deficit, you know, for a fat loss phase, Roughly anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks, maybe 16 weeks. Again, guys, someone who is much more overweight, they can usually tolerate longer calorie deficit periods, you know, or maybe you're taking more diet breaks in between, which means like you're taking a week at maintenance here and there to be able to like stretch it out longer. But really, again, it's going to depend on biofeedback. And when I say biofeedback, how are you sleeping? How's your energy? How's your hunger? How's your stress? How's your mood? All of these things. We need to address each of these and how are they looking day to day. And then as far as like bulking goes, like putting on lean muscle mass or gaining weight, this seems to be low and slow. You know, you may have heard the concept before of like a, a dirty bulk or something like that. Like and really, guys, that's not very healthy. It just means that somebody's like putting on a ton of weight. They save this to gain muscle and they are probably gaining some muscle if they're working out hard enough, but they're also probably putting on a lot of body fat as well. So Take it really slow, like 1% to 2% per month of body weight. And, you know, that's going to go for a really long amount of time to get the most out of that. Because if you spend, you know, two, two, three months of bulking and then you all of a sudden want to cut, it's probably not going to get, you're not, when you do cut, you're not going to see the results you're looking for because you didn't even spend enough time to put on lean muscle mass, right? So bulking low and slow. Maintenance, you know, for, and that should be as long as you're in a deficit, preferably, you know, it's really, I, I hear this a lot when people shift up to maintenance after one, two, three weeks. So like, oh, I feel great. I feel, I feel fine. I'm ready to go back into a deficit. 
but, but like, ho- hold on for a second. Like, maybe we need to look at this for a second and realize, like, yes, mentally you may feel better. That's why we take diet breaks. But actually, maintenance periods are when you should have to be taking a longer time away from the deficit, taking your focus off of fat loss right now, focusing on other things like getting stronger in the gym, restoring your metabolism, getting your calories back up so you're going to feel better for that next deficit. And so this needs to be preferably as long as you're in a deficit. So if you're in a deficit for 8 to 12 weeks, you should be at maintenance for 8 to 12 weeks. Again, this all is case dependent because someone who maybe is larger and has a lot more weight to lose, they may be able to go shorter times at maintenance. But like I said, this all really depends. So definitely don't take like all these numbers straight to heart. This is when, you know, working with a coach or somebody that will help you guide through each of these phases to make the right decisions when to move on to the next phase. All right. Great questions, guys. Thank you all for who submitted these. You know, we're just one week into the jumpstart. Still about three more weeks to go. So I may may be doing another one of these in a couple weeks. So if you're in the jumpstart and you want your questions answered on the show, please let me know. You can just post them in the group chat and, you know, or I'll probably be, I'll ask again whenever I plan to do another one of these podcasts. And for the rest of you guys, if you're not in the jumpstart, but you want in on all the action, be sure you're in my free Facebook community, Chasing Health Secrets to Losing 50 Plus Pounds. We're alive and kicking it up a notch in there, guys. I'm loving the interaction. It's been amazing. The support could not be better. And we would love to have you join us. The link will be in the show notes. Definitely hop in there. Participate. We're doing daily mini challenges for people in the jumpstart, but you are more than welcome to jump in those as well. We would love to have you. Guys, if you ever need anything at all, you know my DMs are always open. You can always shoot me a message on Facebook, shoot me a message on Instagram. You can hit me up through on my email if you like to do it the old school way, chase at chasinghealthllc.com. Whatever way you want to get a hold of me, guys, all the links will be in the show notes. Go check that out, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.